Welcome to My Favorite Theorem, the math podcast with no quiz at the end. I'm one of your hosts, uh, Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida, and I'm joined, as always, by your other and, let's be honest, better host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Evelyn Lamb, a freelance math and science writer in Salt Lake City, and tomorrow is my 40th birthday, so oh! everything I do today is the last time I do it in my 30s. So, like, Having my last mug of tea in my 30s, <laughs> taking out the compost for the last time in my 30s, oh. going for a bike ride for the last time in my 30s. So I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, enjoying that. Well, con congratulations. Uh, let's not talk about how long ago I passed that landmark. Um, uh, uh, I will say there's a switch that goes off when you turn 40. So riding your bike will be more difficult tomorrow, I assure you. Um, well, I better get one in. Though. <laughs> <laughs> any any big plans? Uh, I'm actually going to a to the Janelle Monae concert. She's in town nice. for my birthday. I'm sure that's a causal relationship. It there. must be. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I I'm excited about that. Okay, so fun fact: my my Janelle Monae number is uh, is two. So, I have a half brother. Uh, very long story, but anyway, I have a half brother um, who um, also has a brother by his mother has two children with one of them. My dad was one of them, and then another man was the other one. So this other one, uh, his name is Rico. He uh, was a backup dancer for Janelle Monet. Wow. <laughs> So he, yeah, brush with celebrity there. So so you can you I mean of course I've never met Janelle Monet, but you can you <laughs> you can uh, actually if you look him up. Uh, so there's a style of dance, sort of Memphis Juke, it's called. Uh, Doctor Rico, he's he's something else, amazing. Wow. Dancer. Uh, so interesting life. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, enough about us. Uh, we have yeah. guests on this show. Uh, so today we're pleased to welcome Allison Henrich. Uh, Allison, introduce yourself, please. Hi. Yes, I'm Allison Henrich, and happy birthday. I'm so excited for you. Yes, you get to be on my last, my favorite theorem of my yes. 30s. <laughs> yes, awesome. <laughs> I feel so special. Um, so I'm Allison Henrich. I am a professor at Seattle University, and I'm also currently the editor of MAA Focus, mm. which is the news magazine of the Mathematical Association of America. I have one yeah, on my desk. Woohoo! <laughs> so yeah, one of mine. When we were chatting before we started recording, you made the mistake of mentioning that um, you've done some improv comedy. Is that something you do regularly? <laughs> so I wasn't an improv artist. This is such a cool event. This um, science grad student at the University of Washington um, started this uh, type of improv comedy where they have two scientists give like short five minute talks and then this improv comedy troupe like does a does a performance that's loosely based on things that they heard in the science talk and so I gave a talk about some basic knot theory ideas mm -hmm. and um, it was so funny I wish everyone could have the experience of an improv comedy troupe doing a whole set about your like research or or your job <laughs> yeah it was so amazing uh that's cool. Like cool yeah yeah cool. but mm -hmm. also it sounds a little stressful a little bit yeah 
Yeah. Um, you want to not be too boring (laughs) (laughs) and you gotta like, it's really interesting. The other speaker tried to work in things for them to make jokes about and they totally didn't take the bait. Um, and they found like more interesting things to make jokes about. Mm. But, um, I definitely tried to work in some things that would help them, uh, riff off of, um, my talk and it worked pretty well. Like just referring to knots with quirky names and mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. making jokes about knot theorists and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. And what Very not, fun. What not? Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, are, there are a lot of good naughty puns. Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, this podcast does have a theme. And the question is, what's your favorite theorem? Yes. This is a hard question. Of course. Um, I've decided to tell you about my second favorite theorem. Mm. <laughs> Should I admit that? Sure. Yeah, why that's, not? Sorry, that's a different podcast. <laughs> my, my second favorite theorem. It has two slightly worse hosts. <laughs> it's the cheap knockoff. It's, no, no, no. It's theorem. the sequel. Once we get rid of this one, we're going to move on. Yeah. <laughs> Just we're all out of mathematicians. We got to go through them again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my... Let's call it my favorite theorem. Sure. My favorite okay. theorem is the region crossing change theorem. Okay. Um, so I have to tell you a bunch of stuff before I can explain what this theorem sure. is. It must um, be about knots, was, right? It is about okay. knots. Right. So, you know, knots we represent typically with two-dimensional pictures mm-hmm. called knot diagrams where, you know, you have ways of representing when a strand is going over and when a strand is going under at a crossing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every type of knot that there is has infinitely many diagrams you can draw of it. Um, But no matter how you, you know, draw a diagram of whatever your favorite knot is, it can always be unknotted if you're allowed to do a special kind of move called a crossing change. Mm. So if you have your favorite knot diagram and you're allowed to switch the over and under strands on whichever crossings you want, Mm -hmm. you can always turn that knot diagram into the diagram of an unknot, which is like a trivial knot that'll fall apart if you, Mm -hmm. you know, unravel it a little bit. Basically just a circle. Right. Yeah, a circle. <laughs> I mean, all knots are circles, so I have oh, trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a geometric circle. A boring let's say. circle. Yes. A boring circle. Yeah. Yes. And, and so this uh, this theorem, does it come with like a number of how many of these crossing changes? Ah, so this is not my favorite theorem. Mm. Um, this is a theorem that's going to help us understand my favorite theorem. So okay. Okay. this is a helper oh, okay. theorem. Okay. All right. So um, so this theorem uh, has a really interesting proof that Colin Adams calls proof by roller coaster. Mm. Um, so the, the theorem that says you can unknot any knot diagram by changing crossings, um, you can accomplish unknotting using a certain algorithm where you choose a starting point to travel around a knot 
and you decide that every time you encounter a crossing for the first time, you're going to go over it. So the Mm -hmm. effect is that you're kind of like always traveling downwards. And then when you get to the very end, you take a little elevator back up to where you Mm -hmm. started. Mm -hmm. So this will always create an unknot. So it's not that surprising that this is true, that yeah. if you're allowed to change whatever crossings you want, you can unknot things. What is surprising is my favorite theorem, okay. which is um, that region crossing changes can unknot any knot diagram. So let me tell okay. you what a region crossing changes. So you have your knot diagram in the plane a lot of us kind of imagine that this plane is like on a big sphere. So um, can we picture a knot diagram on a ball? Is that okay? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, I mean, so it picture- make it a big enough ball, it looks like a knot diagram, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep. So we've yeah. got a knot diagram on a ball. And the knot diagram basically separates the surface of the ball into different regions, right? Mm-hmm. Um So this amazing theorem uses uh, this mm, operation called a region crossing change. And what a region crossing change is, is you choose a region in the diagram Mm -hmm. and you change every crossing along the boundary of that region. So in my head, I'm picturing kind of like a triangular region in the diagram. Mm -hmm. And if I do a region crossing change on that region, I'm going to change all three crossings that are kind of around that region. So this is the amazing result. Every knot diagram can be unknotted by region crossing changes. So you no longer seemingly have control over individual crossings. You can only change groups of crossings at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is but that making sense? you can still sense? do it. Yes, you can still do it. Right. That seems less and... likely. Like, like the, the other one, I, I could just, you told it, I said, well, yeah, I can kind of see. Before you even said the proof, I could sort of imagine, well, yeah, yeah, you just lift them up, basically. Like, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. you lift it up and yeah. then if it gets stuck, you just, uh, you, you know, change yeah, that right, crossing. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you can only change groups of crossings with the region crossing change. But amazingly, it's still in a knotting operation. So uh, that ha- just like blew my mind when I heard that. Okay, so now I have questions. Um, so more than one, right? You can't just, you know, you can't expect to be able to just do one of these, right? Right. I okay. mean... Yeah. So if if you have a region that just has one crossing on it, it's mm-hmm. a, like a super boring region because mm-hmm. it's just a little loop. Yep. And that's actually called a reducible crossing. Sure. If you just have a little loop, like it doesn't yeah. matter which way, is, yeah. you know, which is going over and which is under. Sure. No, but I, I guess I meant yep. like, so, you know, you've got one region, right? Yeah. So there, mm-hmm. might, there are multiple regions. You might have to change many of these, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What if two are adjacent? and you do one flip on one and one flip on the other, then you're undoing some of the flips from the other. Exactly. Is that, is yes. that why it works, maybe? That is why it works. Okay. So um, it's it's a really cool proof. Um, it's actually a proof by induction, which is nice. like so cool oh. that you can have like a proof on knot diagrams that's a proof by induction. Mm-hmm. But it's by induction on the number of reducible crossings. So the mm. number of these crossings that you could sort of flip out of the diagram, mm-hmm. they're like not really necessary for the knottedness of the mm-hmm. knot. Um, 
So, but the base case is the most interesting part of the proof where you have mm -hmm. a knot diagram that has no reducible crossings. Right. So like no extraneous little loops or flips on it. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's very constructive um, and it uses things like checkerboard colorings and it uses splices or smoothings, which is where you take um, a crossing and you um, turn it into, like you basically get rid of the crossing by cutting it and reattaching ends so that it's just... Um, got this picture in my head how do i say it <laughs> uh yeah hmm, what's the best way to say that so yeah. you have a crossing and you want to get rid of it mm -hmm. by cutting it and reattaching ends so that there's mm -hmm. no crossing anymore mm -hmm. does that make sense well it's sort of like a braid right i mean so you imagine i mean if you sort of have a braid cross you just clip the the, the string above and below and then you just reattach so that you don't have it right is that what you're doing okay or yeah, what you just said totally makes sense because I could see your fingers. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, this but, would be a better video so, podcast, I suppose. I yeah. know, yeah, at least for topology <laughs> right. um, or geometry. Yep. But the proof basically um, creates a checkerboard coloring that tells you how to find a collection of regions where you can basically control which crossing you're going to change. So I can change just one crossing by carefully selecting a group of regions where, you know, exactly one or exactly three of the regions involved in that crossing are mm -hmm. going to get changed. Mm -hmm. But every other crossing in the diagram is um, next to either zero, two, or four regions that are being changed. So, mm -hmm. you know, if it gets changed, it'll get changed back and mm -hmm. look like it like it started. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I have not thought about knot theory probably since we talked with, like, Laura Talman on this podcast Maybe, many years uh, ago or so. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not something I think about a whole lot. And so... When I was not expecting this induction to be on the number of um, yeah, reducible crossings. Because they're, they're so silly, you can just undo it and then your diagram doesn't even have it anymore. Yes. So, yeah, why, why not the number of crossings or the number of regions yeah. or something? So the reason reducible crossings are annoying for region crossing changes mm -hmm. is because at a reducible crossing, you know, at any crossing, if you zero in on it, it mm -hmm. looks like there are four different regions right. involved in the crossing. Mm -hmm. But with a reducible crossing, two of those four regions are actually the same region. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. it can look locally like you're changing two regions mm -hmm. so that, you mm -hmm. know, the crossing shouldn't flip. But you're really changing one, so the crossing does flip. So that's why reducible crossings are the annoying thing that you need to carefully control. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so once you get into the inductive step, you basically want to, like, take a reducible crossing, change it so that you have two pieces. One has one fewer reducible crossings, and you know how to deal with that. And then one mm -hmm. is... Um, a totally reduced diagram of a knot. Yeah. Okay. All right. But like the base case is the hard part, it sounds yes. like. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
So Yeah, so one of the reasons I love this is mm -hmm. because, I mean, I love unknotting in general. I find unknotting um, questions really interesting, and I highly recommend everyone go listen to Laura Tallman's My Favorite Theorem podcast because mm -hmm. she talks a lot about unknotting problems. Mm -hmm. um, but also the, the woman who proved this result is named Ayaka Shimizu. She's a Japanese mathematician. Probably my age, maybe a little bit younger. Maybe she's about to have her 40th birthday or so. I don't know. Um, but she is like one of the coolest mathematicians um, I've ever met. She's definitely the cutest mathematician. And her talks are so cute that you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm watching such a cute talk. And then you realize, oh, my God, this result that she just proved is really amazing. <laughs> so um, she's just super, super cool. I love her so much. And I think it's amazing that she proved this result that, you know, the, the Japanese math community wondered about for a long time, but um, no one came up with a proof before her. And she must have, maybe she was even a grad student at the time, or she was definitely a very young mathematician when she proved this result. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so here's a question. Why, why would you want to allow such operations? I mean, so, so, cause physically changing the crossing, I mean, that would be great when your shoes are knotted, right? Like you could just go, Oh, snap. That's mm -hmm. unknotted. Right. Um, is, is there a practical reason? And, and by practical, it could be including things like <laughs> it doesn't change the knot invariance or something, or I don't know. We must, if you can get to the unknot. But I mean, is it? Oh, well, so it just the, other, the other thing, yeah, it, it's just fun. The okay. other thing you need to know about me is that I study games mm, that mm -hmm. you can play on mm -hmm. knot diagrams. Okay. And this result enabled this lights out type game that they actually have a website. You can uh, search for this game called Region Select. It's a really fun solitaire game that's a lot like Lights Out if you've heard of that game. Mm -hmm. And basically the fact that the region crossing change is an unknotting operation basically means that any Lights Out game that you can think of or any region select game you can think of is like playable. Mm. So you can have a knot diagram um, basically at each crossing, instead of a crossing, you have a light. So it looks mm -hmm. a lot like a graph, actually. Mm -hmm. You have a light and the lights are, some of them are on and some of them are off. Mm -hmm. And okay. you need to select regions to try and turn all of them on or turn all of them off. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's a really fun solitaire game that mm. comes from this. Okay. But um, I've actually used the region crossing change to invent one of the many games that I've studied um it's called uh the region unknotting game and basically i'm super interested in these types of two-player games where you start with a knot diagram or maybe the shadow of a knot diagram mm -hmm. and you have two players doing something to the diagram and one player wants to create the unknot and the other player wants to create something knotted mm -hmm. and so uh, we have many games of this variety we've invented. One is the knotting on knotting game. There's the region unknotting game. Um, I'm about to publish a paper with some students called the arc unknotting game. Uh, and there are more. Okay. <laughs> I could go okay. on and on okay. listing games. And so is it, it kind of like you, you know that you can always unknot these things, but it's like 
can you unknot it faster than someone can mm -hmm. knot it? Is that sort of what's hard about playing this game? It doesn't have to be faster necessarily. So the game, um, these games always like, always are of the form each player is going to move and they're going to go back and forth until mm -hmm. everything is completely determined and then at the very end you see whether you have a knot or an unknot and so you could be playing the long game like oh i'm just gonna wait it out playing on these little crossings over here to force the other player to play in this region of the mm -hmm. of the knot diagram first so that i can you know have the last move and turn it into a knot at the very end mm -hmm. um yeah, so okay. yeah they're they're combinatorial um combinatorial games topological combinatorial games mm -hmm. um which is cool because then you then there is a player who has a winning strategy and so your goal is to figure out which player is it and mm -hmm. what is a strategy that will always allow them to win yeah so, so you said that the proof is constructive so does that mean that like given a knot diagram you someone who knew the proof uh, yeah. could actually say okay i can you know look at this knot diagram and you know do do some sort of wizardry on it and say like okay the second player is definitely going to have a way to win this game or first play. yes it can help but of course when you're playing two player games your the other player can always thwart like let's say mm -hmm. you know you know, I have to change these three regions in order to make this unknotted. Well, the other player knows that too. And so they're going to make it so that I can't change one of those regions. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But actually the, the constructive way um, that the proof goes for region unknotting, uh, the region unknotting operation, like basically there's a complementary set of regions that will have the same effect. Like you can either do all the moves on this set of regions or you can do all the moves on this other set of regions and mm -hmm. it'll have the same effect on the diagram. Mm -hmm. So that does help inform game strategy. Mm -hmm. um, although we haven't looked at the types of diagrams that are terribly difficult to see how to unknot mm -hmm. because those are already hard enough to figure out strategies for right right yeah. right maybe it's like nim right like if, if when you're playing yeah. NIM, and if you have like a huge numbers of piles of, of of toothpicks or whatever you just kind of play randomly for a while right yeah and, and then when it gets small enough to where you can kind of analyze it then you start to do it yes actually i was giving a talk on not games um at the canada usa math camp and john conway was in the audience mm. and um he and all the students who were like obsessively playing with him um, got really excited about calculating numbers for mm -hmm. these topological mm -hmm. combinatorial games. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's kind of a funny story. He said he doesn't usually come to talks that speakers give at the math camp, mm -hmm. or he didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he said normally he would leave before the speaker started speaking because he was afraid to make speakers nervous. Like mm. he didn't want them to be mm -hmm. too nervous with him in the audience. Sure. But he was so 
intent on thinking about some problem that he was thinking about with a student there that he just accidentally ended up in the room until it was like too late to leave. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he told me afterwards about this dilemma he had, like, would it be worse for him to stay or worse for him to get up like in the middle yeah, of my get talk? Up and leave in your talk. <laughs> right, oh, right, yeah. right. I'm, I'm glad he stayed. That yeah. yes. feels like a snub. Yeah. Yes, he did stay. And we had a nice conversation about it afterwards, which was mm. amazing because if you don't know about John Conway, he's like, the the king of knots and games um, yep. and all of these things that I care about. So yep. it was very cool. Yeah, that is cool. All right. So part two. <clears throat> yes. What does this theorem pair with? This is, it was such an obvious answer okay. to me. <laughs> what this paired with, because are you familiar with Nancy Sherrick and her math and dance work? No, I don't think mm, so. I don't think so, no. Nancy Sherrick is a knot theorist. Actually, she mm -hmm. works with braids. Mm -hmm. um, and she's also an amazing dancer, aerial acrobatics mm -hmm. person, mm -hmm. acrobaticist, uh, acrobat, aerial oh, yeah. acrobat. There you go. That, that's probably um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when she was a grad student, she won the Dance Your PhD competition. Okay. Um, representing like cool things about braids with dance. Um, and since then, she has recorded a number of other videos demonstrating mathematical ideas. Um, and my husband is a musician and he makes the music for her videos. Ah, okay. So she just had a video that came out um, within the last month that is showing um, the proof of Alexander's theorem, which is a theorem about braiding. Mm -hmm. um, and the music that my husband composed for her dance piece, uh, my husband's name is James Wetzel, mm -hmm. um, was just beautiful and just like beautifully went with this performance that shows how the theorem works. And so I would recommend James Wetzel's music. <laughs> um, <laughs> Unbiased, he, of course. I yeah. totally, I'm totally biased. Um, <laughs> and he has a new, actually, so I always forget if it's under Wetzel or James Wetzel because he has two different music personas. Mm. Um, right, so he has a new EP under Wetzel, mm -hmm. W-H-E-T-Z-E-L. And the title track is I Want to Go About My Day. And mm -hmm. I think I want to go about my day um, would pair very well. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, he also has um, songs called Reitemeister Moves. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what topology sounds like. And Mama Proves a Theorem. So he has um, some various songs with mathematical yeah. titles. But so interesting that he, yeah. he came up with those. And you also have done yeah. things with <laughs> with these what a weird coincidence i know how strange isn't it <laughs> yeah so um but anyway i think that everyone should go check out nancy sherrick i mean you could probably just go to youtube mm -hmm. sherrick is s-c-h-e-r-i-c-h -E mm -hmm. um okay and check out alexander's theorem it's so beautiful she cool. does pole dance pole dancing to it oh okay cool um 
because it's about how you can turn any projection of a knot into a projection that always revolves in the same direction around a pole. Mm -hmm. um, so it works really well with okay. that medium. Cool. That is yeah. so neat. So we have some things to watch and listen to after yeah. we're finished with this episode. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So uh, we always like to give our guests a chance to plug anything that they're working on or where we can find you on the inner tubes or. Uh... Yes. This is very timely because okay. I'm trying to get out the word about an interesting event that I'm co-hosting at the joint math meetings. Mm, okay. Um, so last joint math meetings, a bunch of folks um, associated with the Center for Mi Minorities in the Mathematical Sciences put on a storytelling event mm -hmm. at the joint meetings. And it was so amazing and lovely. And they're doing it again, this joint meetings. But my friend Aaron Wooten and I were so inspired by this that we decided to also host a storytelling event at the upcoming joint meetings. And the theme is... Um, people will be telling stories about some professional rejection that they experienced that was pretty crushing mm. that ended up turning into something even better. Mm -hmm. So Aaron and I realized we both have stories like this where we didn't get something, we were totally feeling awful about it. Right. And then it ended up being like a way bigger, more awesome thing. Mm -hmm. um, so we have a number of speakers lined up but we need more and so we have a web form that i created a bit.ly uh, url for okay. if you're interested in in telling a story no more than five minutes in length at the joint meetings go to bit.ly forward slash jmm 2024 story all uppercase well the bit.ly is lowercase yeah, and then yeah, yeah. uppercase jmm 2024 story and we'd love to have people submit requests to speak and i really hope that we have a good turnout for the event itself it's going to be on friday afternoon of the joint meeting so mark your calendars okay. and right. let's see the um the session is called Inspiring Stories, How an Academic Rejection Led to Something Amazing. Okay. In San Francisco. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Can I yeah, plug one more thing? Of course. Yeah, you also, well, you also <laughs> host a podcast, right? Yes. I don't know if that's the thing you wanted to plug, but <laughs> you should plug it too and yeah. whatever. You and whatever. You can plug as many things <laughs> as you want. Oh, okay. I have a lot. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so we're just finishing up a book that's a handbook for math majors mm -hmm. called um, Navigating the Math Major, Charting Your Course. And mm -hmm. it's going to be published through MA Press by the mm -hmm. AMS. Right. Um, and that should be coming out by Math Fest of next year. Okay. So be on the lookout for that, especially if you're at a university that has like one of these one or two credit freshman seminars for math majors mm -hmm. or like an intro to the math major course. Mm -hmm. um, but also it'll be good for just advisors and mentors to recommend to students and for students who, you know, might just be starting out in their college career and they're, they need some advice about you know, what communities they should try and be a part of, you know, how to apply for an REU, uh, what 
kind of weird jobs are available for people. <laughs> and this is yeah. what what Evelyn was talking about earlier because um, she did a wonderful interview for us about science writing and um, that career path for math majors. So I definitely want um, to plug that. And regarding the podcast, um, it's a collaboration that I do with my friend who's an artist, Esther Loopstra. Mm -hmm. Um, The podcast is called Flow Into Authenticity, but what it's about is if you're stuck in your life, it could be professionally or it could be personally, how can you use creativity and intuition to get unstuck? Mm. And we're actually writing a book on this um, called Think Like an Artist, Create Like a Mathematician that's oh, going cool. to be published by 619 Reef, which is Candace Price and Milos Savic's new publishing company. Mm. Okay. So that might be coming out in 2024 as well. Yeah, well, and that sounds like something all of us can probably use at at some point. Sure. We we always feel a little stuck, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, and it's designed, we're kind of aiming at professional stuckness uh, in the book, (laughs) but um, it's really broadly applicable. so very excited about that. And Esther Loopstra is amazing. She's a fine artist. She used to be an illustrator. You know, she used to work for like American Greetings and Target and, and all these places doing illustration. Um, but now she's a fine artist and creative coach and just super insightful about how we can use creativity to get unstuck. Cool. So, All right. yeah, so the podcast is Flow Into Authenticity, and the book is Think Like an Artist, Create Like a Mathematician. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's. Uh, we'll, we'll try to link to everything that we can find links to. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that'll be great. Okay. Thank well, you. All right. Well, Allison, this has been terrific. Thanks so much for joining us. And, Thanks. Uh, Thanks yeah. for having me. This is such a fabulous opportunity, and I really appreciate um, getting to talk to you both today. Sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Wen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknewson.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at My Favorite Theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.